promotion. The Lord, the scripture in, I think it is in Psalm 75 or 78, 75 verses 6, Psalm 75 verses 6, promotion doesn't come from the, the east, the west, or the south, but God sits as a judge. God sits as a judge. In other words, if God is going to promote, He's going to judge your work. Okay? Judge doesn't mean He's coming to come and give you a spanking. And, and judgment means you're, He's going to evaluate your work. He's going to check. Like, for example, a simple example is, is when you tell your children, if you want a sweetie, clean up your room. Make sure you clean up the room properly. And then when they come and they say, no, I'm finished, they say, okay, let's go check. So what do you do? You go judge. You go and evaluate. Did they do it properly? Did they do it right? And if they didn't do it right, then you say, nee, 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 nee. Die sê reggie. Maak die, tel op die, tel op die, dit, dit. Okay, as dit gedoen is. Okay, then you can come and get your sweetie. Okay, it's judge. So God sits as a judge. Right? God sits as a judge. And we need to we need to see that. Okay? And so when it comes to promotion, God judges. God doesn't sit as a redeemer. God doesn't sit as as a, your savior. Right? Wanting to save you out of your your financial struggle because of your because of your bad work. Now he's going to first judge. He wants you to get into line. Okay. So, and so we are looking at what does God look at when, it, when he sits as a judge? Any judge will probably already have a, a list of requirements. Right? Just like you already had your list for your child. You already looked at the room and you said no. All the toys must be picked up, must go into its place. All the clothes, the clean clothes, folded up nicely into the cupboard. All the dirty clothes in there. So you already got, you know what you, how you're going to evaluate them, right? And that doesn't mean that you don't love your children. You love your children, okay? So the judgment is not condemnation. The judgment is redemption. When God judges... He is seeking redemption. Okay? God judges for the purpose of redemption. So that's why God will sometimes take long to deal with you on your issues. Because He's rather seeking your redemption, your deliverance, than your punishment. Okay? So, that's that. And then one of the things that God deals with first in our lives, or that He wants to deal with, is... He wants to sort out covetousness. Okay, in Afrikaans is it begeerlijkheid. Right? Uh, covetousness. Covetousness. And, and so, we, we, must, we must understand covetousness. Uh, if we can go to that scripture in Luke chapter 12, verses 15. Or let's read from verse 13. 
covetousness we must be careful of covetousness and we've had three sessions now on covetousness so if you missed one of the sessions you can get the recordings and you can listen to it um, Luke chapter 12 verses 13 this is the the story where Jesus is speaking to the people and he says one of the company said unto him master speak to your speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me and then uh, the next one verse 14 and he said unto him man who made me a judge and a divider over you and uh, and then Jesus starts to talk about covetousness and he said unto them take heed the word take heed means to look okay to see to observe and the word beware okay don't need to explain that beware of the dogs right beware of covetousness and I gave you a very simple example if you don't know what a Rottweiler looks like someone will have to tell you what it looks like so that when you walk down that street you know what the Rottweiler looks like and so you will know what to look out for and then because you are able to see you can be where of that type of dog the same way God wants you to see covetousness God wants you to understand covetousness so it in other words if your mental eye is not opened to covetousness you will not see it you can't see it with the natural eye if you don't understand how covetousness works you will not see covetousness in your own life you have to understand how it works right for a man's life consists not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. So when you are covetous, then it means you seek to acquire a lot of possessions. It makes you materialistic. Okay? So, and when, when the gospel is preached from a person that has covetousness in his own life, his gospel becomes materialistic because it's after material things. That's why the Bible says if someone is an elder, he shouldn't be greedy. Why? Because that greedy will affect, that greediness will affect or infect his message. And his message will start going about how you can sow, how you can reap, how you can bless him. And it's just all about material things. Now, not that material things are not there, but we need to have a balance. So, covetousness is, when you have covetousness, you seek to get a lot of material things. And enough is never enough. And the word content, we did what is that in Afrikaans, eh? What's content in Afrikaans? Okay, so when you have that contentment, right? You have enough, and the problem is that we as believers we never feel we have enough, but we sometimes have more than others, but you still want more. Why? Because you see that the other person has got a five-star hotel for his house. And, you, and now you have only a two-star hotel. Okay? Okay, let's say, he has a five-star house. 
and you only have a two stars. Now you're measuring yourself with him. Now through covetousness, now you also want a five stars. Right? Okay? And it just makes you go on and on and on. So what will happen is when there's covetousness, you can be easily tempted. When there is covetousness, you can be easily tempted. When there is no covetousness, even when you are tempted, it, you will not fall for the temptation. A very simple example is if you don't like smoking, they can put a cigarette in front of your face, you will just say, Vat hy goed en gooi het net in die drom asjeblief. Ek soek het die benabe my nie. Daai goed frot. Stink. Right? You don't care. Because there's no desire for smoking. There's no desire for a cigarette. So you cannot be tempted. Right? That's why the Bible says God cannot be tempted. You know, because everything that's in the world just doesn't, cannot tempt him. He's got no lust and desire for it. You all understand what I'm saying? So we won't go into the parable again, but contentment. Give me First uh, Timothy chapter six. Verses 10. First Timothy chapter six, verses 10. Okay, for the love of money is the root of all evil. So when you love something, it makes you feel good. Right, so that's why we buy clothes. It makes us feel good. That's why we, you know, buy things. Because sometimes it makes us feel good. The love for something. The love of money is the root of all evil. So, and then he says, which one men coveted after. So if you have covetousness, you love money. They go together. If you love money, you will covet it. Okay? You will go after it. Covet, pursue, go, desire. It makes you go. It makes you seek it. Right? And, and the covetousness is so dangerous. The Bible says you can depart from the faith. This one says erred. The word erred means to depart from faith. So you can depart from the faith and pierce themselves through with many sorrows. Covetousness will bring a lot of tears to you. Covetousness will make you depressed because you just always see how someone else has. And Vimbai gave us a testimony of her depression because of covetousness. And the minute she realized that, what it was, she dealt with it and she's free from depression. Covetousness can make you depressed. When we, because we measure ourselves with other people. And that's why, you be, that's why you're so unsatisfied with where you are. You know, because the word content means to be satisfied in English. So, when there's covetousness, there's no satisfaction with where you are. Right? Okay? And, and it shows itself if, 
if and I had my own test, the minute I was always like okay with wherever I was, and then the minute I got money, then all of a sudden I was looking where to buy, what to get. All, all of a sudden, you just see things that are that are necessary, right? But it's not really so. Okay. Um, we read last week a scripture that said. It is the gift of God for, for you to have an abundance, to have wealth and riches. It's the gift of God. And it's the gift of God for you to eat out of your abundance and to enjoy what you have, right? But, um, and that's the gift of God. But ultimately God wants you to be able to give, give, right? If God, the, the covenant that God made with Abraham is I will bless you that you will bless the nations. Okay, you will be a blessing to the nations. So God's goal for blessing us is to be a blessing. But when you are covetous, that blessing will never leave your walls, will never re leave the four walls of your house. An example, right? It won't leave and find itself into somebody else's hands or for some other work that God wants done, or those type of things. A covet, uh, when there's covetousness, the blessing, you become a dam. Okay? Not Van Dam. Okay? You, you word a dam. You know what the dam is. All the water accumulates in that dam. Right? It just accumulates there. And it's got no outlet. And God wants an outlet. God wants a river. Right? God wants flowing. God wants it to flow. Um, so it's dangerous. You can end up into a lot. Because of covetousness, you can become envious. Know what envy is? A feeling of displeasure when someone else is blessed. So when someone else is blessed, us, I can play for you. Unsatisfied. Now you start to murmur and complain with where you find yourself. Do you understand? Covetousness. And uh, covetousness can make you jealous. Covetousness can go into such a place where you murder, where you can steal. So covetousness will lead to other sins. Okay? That's why you read stories of people who stole at work. Millions. Right? It's because of what money can do for us. That's why we steal after it and covet it. Because we know we need money. We know we need money and we know we need to do things with money. Right? The next one. Verses 11. But you, O man of God, flee these things, follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness, so God says, I don't want you to seek after those things. Jesus clearly told us, 
all the nations of the world seek after eating, drinking, and clothing, but you seek the kingdom. So in other words, you have no instruction from God to seek those things. And that's very important to understand. Because if you understand that, why are you praying concerning those things? You understand that, what I'm saying? Now that doesn't mean that God won't, doesn't want to bless you with the house, doesn't want to bless you with the car. Okay, we read the scripture, Psalm 112. Blessed is the man that fears the Lord, that obeys his commandments. And then a little later down, wealth and riches shall be in his house. So God wants to give it to you, but he wants covetousness out. He wants it out. Okay? And um, there's a scripture, I think in Luke chapter 16, don't go there. Uh, Luke chapter 16, where Jesus says, no man can serve two masters. You'll hate the one, love the other. You'll serve one. You cannot serve God and mammon. And the next verse says, and the Pharisees and the Sadducees that were there, who were covetous, derided him. In other words, they started to speak bad. So when, when, I'm, when I challenge you on covetousness, you could feel the unction to speak bad about what I'm saying. Bec that's a sign to you, you have covetousness. Okay, I'm just helping you to get the, the red lights. The red lights here. Okay? Why? Because he's now speaking against what they are pursuing. You see? So now, I'm telling you not to seek it. And I say, no, 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 no. <laughs> You see? And uh, God says, seek my kingdom first. So in other words, and if you, we haven't got time to go into that because I don't want to talk about prayer now. Matthew chapter 6, that old chapter, a little later on Jesus talks about, do not worry about what you eat and drink and so on, okay? And then he says, then he says, but in, earlier in the chapter he said, when you pray, yeah, he says, seek first the kingdom. He says, when you pray, pray for what first? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. When you covetousness, it's the other way around. My kingdom come, my will be done right now, here on this earth. Come from heaven, do it for me. I bind and I loose. Let it be done, O Lord Jesus. You switch it around and you make your prayers more important, your personal prayers. And your personal desires more important than the kingdom of God. Do you know what the word priority means? If you go look it up in the English dictionary, that which must be done first, that which must be seeked first, priority, that's what priority means. Okay? So when Jesus said, seek first, First, the kingdom, he was telling you what must be your priority. Your priority. The will of God is your priority. As we see in the prayer described for us. What is priority? What takes priority? Priority is the kingdom and his will. He says if you do these things, 
The other things will be added to you. The other things will come. It will come. We didn't seek a car, but when it was necessary, it happened. God provided the opportunity. We got another car. It was almost impossible, but we got another car. And then when we got the car, God paid for that thing every month. I mean, my money doesn't come in like boom, watch, klar, alles, yeso. You know, like I say, I need, I worked out the other day again because I thought, no, I mean, we don't have other car now and we have so, and I just went to go look at my budget again and I saw, I need 24,000 rand. Now from the church, I'll open up a little bit, from the church I only, I only get immediately uh, that Margie knows I get, was it the nine? It's the nine. 9,000 coming. And then I have one or two people who give to me. And then after that, I must trust God. But God doesn't fail. God has never failed to pay that car off at the bank. And there are other things that go off. There's a medical aid and all those type of things. Those things go off. There's money come. Okay? It's true. Money cometh, money goeth. Just like it. Right? And, and so what we need is we need not to worry about those things. We need to start coming to know the nature of the Father. He is faithful. Faithful. Okay? Faithful. Now, God wants you to seek these things. Okay. I'm a little bit off track again, but let's just go here. Uh, James chapter, I think it's verse chapter 2. It's chapter 2. I don't know where it is. Maybe I'm going to just check my Bible here quickly. James chapter 2. Oh no, chapter 4. Chapter 2 is also a good topic, but we won't go there. That's for a little later on. But chapter 4. Chapter 4. From where do wars and fightings come among you? Come they not from even from your lust that war in your members? The word lust is a Greek word, concupiscence, English word, another word, concupiscence. It means to have a desire for things that are forbidden. So Jesus tells you not to seek the things and we have a desire for the very things we are told not to seek. This is why we get into trouble. Next one. You see, so lust, desires lead to wars, arguments, bad relationships. Don't like each other. These type of things come from those desires. You lust and have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you have not because you ask not. Okay. I have not because I ask not. Okay. So in other words, he say, fra. Then the next one. You ask, but you don't get it. Because you ask amiss, that you may consume it upon your covetous desires. You see, I know lust. I know it's lust, but lust equals covetousness. Covetousness fits in lust, concupiscence. So he says, you ask, but you don't get. You know, so 
Have you been praying and not getting? Have you been praying and not getting? Check your desires. Unanswered prayers. Yara, who come well ye that he hear me? I say, you receive not because you have covetous desires so that you can spend it all upon your desire. You are spending everything on your desire that you have. So the minute you get it, okay, what can I scope? I'm telling you, you'll find the weirdest things to buy. You will make a room so that everything can come to yourself. You will spend it upon yourself. No, now you say, yeah, my, you know, if the Lord blesses me and he gives me more, I'll be able to give more. No. Uh -uh. Covetousness makes you the priority and the kingdom, not, kingdom comes second. That means you think about yourself first. Right? Now, this is where we have to decide who is giving you the, the abundance. Is it the devil or is it Jesus? Because in the wilderness, the devil also wanted to give Jesus material things. But if it's the devil, you will end up in a trap. You won't be able to serve God. You'll be serving mammon and not God. But if God gives it to you, You'll be free. You won't be in a trap. It's very important to understand. Right? Uh, that's why we need to understand this thing. You ask, but you don't get it. Right? You ask, but you don't get it. So that you may spend it all on yourself. You can't wait until you get more to spend it on God. You either spend now on God, or you will not spend later on God you got to make a choice like sometimes when I have to give my last to give to somebody else trusting God that the next is coming you, you, are, you are deceiving yourself if you are now not giving to God you're deceiving yourself by saying, if I gives me more, I will give. You will not give. Point. Because, because I've seen it in my own life. The minute, the minute the tide gets bigger, it's harder to give it. The minute the money gets more, the more you cling to it. That's what happens. The more you spend it upon yourself. You can say to yourself, I will do it. Then when it comes and you haven't done it, covetousness. So let's have a check. Have you said, Lord, I will give? And then you got and you never gave. 
Then you are sitting with covetousness. You you will develop into the love of money. Right? Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, so we're talking about what God is um, looking at. So, unanswered prayers. Covetousness. Unanswered prayers. Covetousness. Okay? Right. Let's go back to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 12. You understand that? When Jesus said, when you pray, do what? Pray for the Father's will. But we have switched it around. You want to know if God's priority, do you want to know if God's kingdom is a priority in your life? You want another marker? Go check your prayers. What do you pray the most about? Do you pray about God's kingdom? Do you pray about God's will? Or is everything you're praying about just for yourself? You are first. You are first. You are before God. God is not first. He is not priority. Okay? If you want a checker, that's a big checker. I ask you when you pray for somebody. You say, I don't know when last I prayed for somebody. You see, you're first. Right? And you have to check it. That's not condemnation. It's just knowing, it's evaluating where you are. If you can evaluate where you are, then you can do something about it. If you can't see it, right? Okay. First Timothy, what does it say? Chapter 6. I say verse 12. Okay, let's see verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith. So when, when the scripture says fight the good fight of faith, it's not talking about when you're in your struggle. It's talking about when it comes to going after money. When there's covetousness, you have to fight the good fight of faith. You have to fight to trust God. You have to fight. You see, we use our faith to get such in, we use our faith to get in such a comfortable place that you no longer have to use faith anymore. You got to keep pushing yourself, okay? Fight the good fight of faith. Anyway, let's let's go on to verses. Where are we? Verses 17. We'll just read these verses and then we'll immediately go in. I need to finish. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches. See, riches can steal your faith from God. Riches can steal your faith. Your trust in God can steal it. Okay? But don't be afraid of it. But in the loving God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. So God will give you richly all things to enjoy. Then, so God is saying, if He's going to bring us into the abundance, He wants us not to be high-minded, not trust in uncertain riches. Then there must be no covetousness, no love for money. All these things develop. Next one, verse 18. That they do good. You see, why does God want to give you richly all things to enjoy? To be able 
to enjoy it, then to do good, that you may be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. Okay, all that stuff has to do with giving. Right? All that stuff has to do with giving. Right? And, and so, then the next one, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. Wow. See how dangerous that thing is. That's why we need to do the book. That's why we're doing a type of Deuteronomy. We're getting all the stuff before we get into the promised land. So that when you get there, you know what, how you're supposed to live. So God says, when you get to the place of being rich, make sure you give. Make sure you are ready to communicate. Make sure you are ready to give it. He says, so we are laying a foundation of how we should live in that height of life, I can say. Laying a foundation by the word, how we should live in that, in that when, we are in such, when we have such a lifestyle. A lifestyle of wealth and riches. Okay? That you may lay hold on eternal life to make sure that you still have your eternal life. That you don't lose your eternal life life. You understand why? Because you can depart from the faith. Okay, very dangerous. And we don't want to get there. So there needs to be a foundation already now laid in you how I should live when I get there. How must I live when I get there? Yeah, do you see that? Because God says, tell them, command them, charge them that are rich this is how you must live. Okay? Right? Otherwise, if you're covetous, then, then Jesus will use the parable of the certain rich man who had abundance and a certain purple robe and a white uh, fine linen. And the Bible says, and Lazarus was laid at his gate. we full of sores. And the Bible says, the life switched. When Lazarus died, he went and had comfort. But when the rich man died, he went was in torment. Lay hold of eternal life. Right? Lay hold on eternal life. That rich man couldn't give even. The Bible says Lazarus only wanted a crumb. The man didn't even give a crumb to him. See how covetousness is. Covetousness goes... We, I think that uh, whoever did the story on Scrooge McDuck, I don't know if you know that story. Okay, don't know that story. Maybe God was speaking me from a child. <laughs> right? It's a little, it's animation. It's a story about a, a duck who had this big safe like it was a massive house. And he would go every morning, get up, take off his coat, and go on his little diving board, stand and dive into his coins, golden coins. And then he swims amongst the coins. Everything and ev all the people there, he gives to no one else. Everything is for yourself. You won't even give the crumbs to the beggars. 
covetousness goes that far. Right? Sheila, I'm all met me. Okay, now let's go to Luke chapter 12, verses 22 to 23. 22 to 23. Okay, that's covetousness. I think I'm leaving it now. I hope so. As ons daar terug gaan, as die Heere, maar ons, I think you have enough to deal with covetousness, to see it, and how to sort it out. Be content. I mean, so what if somebody else has got a Levi gene and you don't? So what? You got a gene. You understand? That's covetousness. Is it wrong to buy a Levi jean? No. But when it bothers you that someone else has one and you don't, what is the problem? Okay? Right? Luke chapter 12 verses 22 to 23. And he said unto his disciples, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, neither for the body what you shall put on. If you can buy a Levi jean, buy your Levi jean. Okay? And, but don't do it because someone else has one and you don't. Right? If you can buy it and you still have something left for God, praise God. Enjoy it. Okay? Enjoy it. I wear a Levi jean. I can eat here now. Right? So there's nothing wrong with it. You mustn't misunderstand me. Okay? Now I'm going into this topic. Now I don't want you to go to the place where you think I'm saying you shouldn't work. Right? But if it is God's will, then it's God's will. Okay? That you shouldn't work. In other words, if we say don't work, you might leave one just to go work somewhere else for God. Okay, don't get misunderstanding. But the point there is you must pray. You must pray. Okay? And it's, uh, therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, neither for the body, what you shall put on next one. The life is more than meat and the body is more than raiment. Jesus is giving you the secret to contentment. The secret is you have enough. That's the secret. You have enough. When, when, uh, yeah, that's a good example. When, when we, uh, for example, when I got money, then I was thinking, oh, why don't I buy myself a suit? I got to chrome jackets down on my castle. And I don't really look bad in them. You know? I might not look, look as good as someone else in a nice one-piece but I, you know, I just got two pieces. I don't have a one-piece suit. I've got lots of jackets and I can mix and mix and change. And I look and I was like on this. Later I said, man, lost I suit. For what are you doing now? I have. I look okay. I, I don't look bad in those things. Someone else might look a little bit better than me, but no, that's so what? Right? Uh, do you understand uh, how these things work? Life is more than meat. Body is more than meat. Jesus is saying, your life is enough. 
Jou kaal lichaam is genoeg. Ok? Your body is enough. Ok? Just don't walk around naked. I'm giving you the, the real thing of what he's saying. Ok? He, he's saying, before you even go to clothes, just your body that I gave you is enough. Now, now our cupboards are full. Some of those things you don't even wear. When? Right? Okay, again, if God has blessed you and you are able and you give for the kingdom and you are able still to buy, buy. Right? Okay? The, the question is, why are we doing it? Right? You have enough. You need to come to this place where you have enough. Okay? I got a roof over my head. I drive a car. I have clothes. I have food to eat. I have enough. Someone else might be living better than me, but I'm living better than somebody else. And then a little lower down, if we're going now in the food chain, we're a little, little down in the chain, the one I'm living better than is also living better than someone else. Some people don't even have a roof over their head. Some people don't even have food to eat. And all of us here have it better than them. Why do you want more? Jesus is saying, if you are spending you are spending your life, you are living for eating and drinking. That's what's really happening. Come on, you go to a restaurant eating and drinking. You go home eating and drinking. You go to a church conference eating and drinking. You go on a holiday eating and drinking. You go to work eating and drinking. You eat and you drink your life and you love just so that you may that you may be able to buy what's that fish's name that's so expensive? Khalyun. <laughs> just so that you don't buy a toasted sandwich. But that you can buy Khalyun. So oh my soul. Marcel like call. Carl opens say, oh my soul. <laughs> right? You will go just so that you can buy a better meal at a restaurant. <laughs> right? Again, if God has blessed you, that you can enjoy that. But you know what? When we don't have, we are so, we are so going more for that, and then say, Yira, as you may more bless, then sal ek for you here. You will just leave your toasted sandwich now, and you'll start buying soul. Now, the scripture says, the scripture says, what use is it if a man gains the whole world and loses soul? For I stick his soul. Right? 
Come on, we need priority. Prioritize. Prioritize. God says priority. First things first, my kingdom, my world. Jesus said, I love of your world. I'm not loving for eating and drinking. I'm not loving for clothing. I'm not loving for a better house. I'm loving for your kingdom. Where are you spending your energy for? What are you spending your energy for? Do you work so late for the to spend it all upon yourself? What about the kingdom? What about the Father's will? What about that? What about what God wants? What about your life is spent for Him? You know? We're checking it out. Psalm 112, don't go there. Psalm 112 verses 1, we read it last week. Blessed is the man that fears the Lord, the man that observes and obeys his commandments. If you read Deuteronomy chapter 8, God says, I led you into the wilderness to see, and I fed you with manna, to see if you would do my commandments. So, now I see, okay, you led me to a place where I didn't have food to see if I would still do your commandment to see if I would still tithe and know that you come through with the manna to see if you would do my commandments I led you there That's what it says in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 8. But then he also says, a little later in verse 18, when you come into wealth, know that it is me that has given you the power. The wilderness is the place where we live on those miracles. But once you cross the river Jordan, then God says, the manna must stop. Because again in Deuteronomy chapter 8, he says that's about the wilderness. Then he says, but I'm taking you into a land flowing with milk and honey. You will lack nothing. You are lacking now. You first lack, but then I provide. You lack and I provide. You lack and I provide. But when I take you into the land of abundance, you will lack nothing. You will buy your Levi gene. You will eat your soul fish. You have your vineyards and your your garden, your businesses and your houses. You will have houses and so on. And you will still be able to come to the feast and bless the Lord. Huh? So, he's taking us to a place we will not lack, but he takes us first to a place where we lack to see if we will obey his word. Wow. Like what I did. I had to give my last to give my tithe. Two days and five hundred rand. Not sure. Next me any. 
No more cash. 2,500. There you go, Lord. Tithe. You are my father. That's why I give it. You are my father. You are my father. When I give, I give with the intention. I say, I say in my heart, Father, you are my father. That's why I give it. I don't go for sowing and reaping. It's not about sowing and reaping anymore. For me, it's about, you're my daddy. You're my father. Give it. I'll give it. You're my father. So yes. Okay, give me the next one. Are you living just for eating and drinking and clothing and material things? Analyze your life. Is that what you are just living for? You have to check yourself. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. How much more are they better than you, better than the fowls? Right? Now he says, you're going to watch the ravens. They sow nor reap. Now this is where I spoke to you last week about sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping. Okay? And I told you the charismatic is dominated in the prosperity teaching, sowing and reaping. Sow for your miracle. Sow for your miracle. Sow for this. Sow for that. Sow for this. You want a nice house? Sow for the house. You want a nice car? Sow a nice car. Sow a car? Reap a car. Sow a house? Reap a house. Sow a gene? Reap a gene. Right? It's all about sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping. Give your Psalm 48. Psalm 48. Psalm 48. Play the Lord will bless you. All right, bless you. No, Psalm 112. Wealth and riches shall be in your house. Psalm 112. Psalm 112 to the Lord. The Lord will bless you. The Lord will bless you. You have wealth and riches in your house. You will have wealth and riches in your house. Yes. Right? Wealth and riches. I remember many years ago, Lisa coming there and we were sitting and talking. And then I went through the scripture and I said, listen, even if you don't sow, God will take care of you. And she started crying. She said, I always thought if I don't sow, I'll never get. That means the basic, the foundation upon which you stand is God, you're my father. Even if I don't give, you will take care of my needs. But... When you learn God as your father, you give even more now. You start to give more. Am I saying you don't tithe? No, I just told you. He leads you into the wilderness to see if you will obey his commandments. Why? Again, you're my father. 2,500 tithe, you're my daddy. Right? You're my daddy. Okay, so in reaping, which neither have storehouse nor barn. The bird doesn't have a storehouse or barn. In our language, he has got no bank account. But, in other words, the father becomes the barn. The father becomes the storehouse. I am Jehovah Jireh. I am the all-sufficiency. Do I mean you shouldn't have a bank account? No. Have a bank account. Know who is the real bank. 
Know who is the real source. Know who is the real storehouse in your life. Because he says, when you have wealth and riches, know that I gave you power to get it. So who was the storehouse? God. So you know what? If you, if someone here doesn't have a bank account, and you're just living like that, this is good news. That's evangelie die. That's a blaye boodskap. This is good news. It means that God will meet your needs. Now one of the first things you do is you learn to how to let God the Father meet your needs. After you've learned that, now you start learning to do things above your budget. Because now He is the storehouse. Right? He is the storehouse. Now you start learning to trust Him for things above because you've learned to see how He takes care of your needs. Now when He leads you to do something and your budget says you can't, you step out with the Father. Right? You step out with the Father. It, it brings you to a place where you can start doing things. Okay? For example, when I started, before I learned God as my Father, I wouldn't buy soul. I would buy toasted sandwich. Now that I'm learning to know God as my Father, now I don't buy soul. Because I don't like soul. Okay? <laughs> but... I will buy something that's expensive because my mind has changed. The reason I buy is expensive is because, because I say, when I buy it, I say, you're my father. I finish money because you're my father. There's a mark on my forehead. It's called father. There's a mentality on my mind. It's called father. Another translation will say, Father and Son. You are my Father, I am your Son. Uh, read, and here God says, you are better than the fowls. You are better than birds. If it doesn't fail the bird, he's not going to fail you. If he is trustworthy to make sure that that bird gets food on time, he will be, you can trust him for the least. He says, in, 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 in when it comes to who's got more value, it's you. Now the bird who doesn't have more value than you, he takes care of how much more will he not take care of you. Alright? Next one. And which of you taking thought can add to his, to his stature one cubit? Next one. If you then be not able to do the thing which is least, why do you take thought for the rest? The thought means worry. Okay? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not, they spin not. Yet I say unto you that Solomon, all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. In all of this, God is trying to say, okay, before we get there, toil not, how do they grow? And this is, the, this is where I take the principle of if I step out of the boat, I see the miracle. How, does a, how do lilies grow? Okay, obviously Jesus says they spin not and they toil not. But the, the, this, then how do they grow? 
Okay? Now, obviously, the father says it. Okay, but how do they grow? How does any plant grow? Okay, from the bottom in the soil. What goes up first? First, a stem goes up. You can't clothe if you're not there. You understand what I'm saying? In other words, I can't give you a leaf if there's not a stem of a leaf. So let the stem go out first, then I give you the leaf. In other words, I can't let you walk on water, first step out of the boat, then I let you walk on water. Spend your last, then I'll give you the rest. You understand? Okay. Now, okay, we'll explain a little bit more. In other words, in other words, if God is telling me to do something, and I look, I don't have the clothing. I don't have it. Now, by faith, I must step out into it. First, I must first get the stem out. So once I'm there, then he brings the clothing. Then he adds the material things. But another, another example. Uh, take this one. When my wife and I got married, then when she got pregnant, then she said, the other thing can be a play. To say, you play anybody else. Say, you play anybody else. To take by the year over. To say, I can't be the year over. When I get bang, I come for my say. But I can't worry. Right? So, then, so now, so now the issue, the battle was, if my wife leaves work, how are we going to pay everything? How? Because her salary and my salary was covering everything. That was it, worry. Okay? That was it. Okay, they, if, if, you, if we lived a little bit tight, they would have been over. But just living the way we, there was nothing. We couldn't buy a car. And I shared this case many times. I don't want to over-labor it. We couldn't buy another car. Even when we went to the bank, they said, no, you guys, there's no room for a car. There's no space in your budget, in your both your salaries, for a car. But the word was, she said, the Lord said, I can stay home. And I said, Yera, who? How? Then I was wrestling with it and I was driving in the car. And the Lord gave me an old scripture that he gave to me right in the beginning when I got saved. When I was thoughting about life and meat. When I was anxious, worrying about where am I going to get this and where am I going to get that. And when I get married, how am I going to do this and how am I going to do that. Right? And then the Lord gave me a scripture that said, that said How much more shall your heavenly Father not feed you? And the, the emphasis was on the father when I got that scripture in the car. Okay, firstly, I got it in the dream years back. And he reminded me on that dream. And I said, okay, Lord. And I got peace and I got my answer. I said to her, do it. So now I have to get the stem out. I have to step out. The minute we did that, Bialalafan said, Africa. 
What is your bank record? What is your bank account number? We want to put some money in your account. Then give us a couple of months later, here I want a new Toyota Corolla. Till today, I can't understand how we bought that car. Because with both our salaries, we couldn't. How? We went to the bank, they financed it, gave it to us, we bought the car. How? We moved into a different place. My wife has been, what is it? She's been staying at home since the first year we got married. Till now. How? I, I don't know. I should have actually kept record. I was stupid there. I should have kept record so that I can see how God did it. So I had to get the stem out. So I didn't grow, clothe myself by working. I clothed myself by stepping out. But when you take the other way, they work yourself pop And yeah, I did it by just stepping out. I couldn't do it when I was working and she was working. We couldn't get that car. Now I step out and God adds. God clothes. Do you see that's how the principle works? That's the kingdom. Now God says you must seek it like that. So when we have that, then it becomes the principles of how we grow in life. So how do I get clothed? By obedience to God. Obedience to God. You see, and now I must, I've learned to trust Him for my needs. Now if I want to see bigger and better, I must now learn how to step out. I must get the stem out there. You have all, you all seen how flowers grow. The stem, you know, should actually go, go, go on YouTube or somewhere like that and, and, and watch a fast forward one. You see how that stem goes up and then all of a sudden the flower. You see, you first got to get there before God clothes. But in the, the, the way it works, that's in the kingdom. But the way it works, the other way around is, ons gaan eerste by mekaar dan doen ons. He say, step out, and then I'll give it. That's another way. You, there's nothing wrong with the other way. There's nothing wrong with the other way. But there is a way, but it takes, it takes trust on the Father. Right? And it helps you to do th- greater things with God. Okay? Uh, I mean, again, if we're going to move into that building, uh, really, right now, we don't even get 25 to pay 25 a month. This is solely faith, trust. And I might have a few crown thorns in my head. I might have a few sleepless nights. But I'd rather go through the sleepless nights to get on the other side, seeing the miracles. I'm after the testimony. I'm after knowing God as my Father. And obviously God will use many of you and however he chooses can be part of it but but right now my budget is saying the church's budget is saying no we can't so now if i do it the old way i must wait until we grow 
till we get enough money that says we can do it. Or I can step out of the boat and go wait for him on the other side. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I'm trying to get myself off. Why must I go through thorns? Why can't I just have the crown? My expectation, the expectation that I create, which is my hope. I can expect the worst or I can expect the best. Right? But one thing is for sure, God did say. Okay? That's the first thing. Okay? You're all with me. Okay? And don't worry, I'm not going to put pressure on you. I'm going to put pressure on God. <laughs> right? So, the next one, verses 28. If then God so clothed the grass, which is today in the field, all flesh is as the grass. Now he's telling you, which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? So, he says God will want to clothe you today, in this life, before you die, God wants to clothe you. So he says if God wants to clothe you, you don't have to work for it. I'll give you another example. Before, before I met Marianne, long before I met Marianne, I was still in the beginning, I was, I was just saved and I was still living in this old bachelor's flat there across E4 station. And that thing was falling apart. It was a mess. But I was so happy. You know? But if I, thank God I wasn't covetous back then. You know, then I would have like, Yerai, hukum lat yeme iblai and diria o fleti. Right? I was so happy in that old messed up flat, broken down, falling into pieces, walls, salt, eat makar, eat. Badkamer is net klom mufi opi. Dak. Yeah, my precious is very happy. Very happy. I'm very happy. See, if it wasn't for Smitty, we would have still been staying there. <laughs> and if it wasn't for my wife, I would have probably been staying in Duneside Court still. Okay, you see, so I, I can be very content with where I am. What do you need for me? Now, what, what am I saying here? What happens is, is that if God clothes we don't have to work for the clothing now so one day so and i was and back then i was earning before i made money i was earning quite a bit i think i was earning like 13 14 15, from the tennis coaching and uh, and so i was bachelor and on top of it i wasn't covetous i didn't buy things for myself but man so iemand sy kar betaal, I pay someone's rent, I pay someone's car, they couldn't pay their car, so I someone paid the whole thing. They said they would give it back, they never, they never gave it back. Years later, they said the Lord convicted them and they wrote the check and gave it back to me when I needed it. And uh, so, and so I just gave and I gave. And then one day, you know, when you're around people who are anxious about tomorrow, then then those people will say, oh, no, you, that's stupid, man. You need to save up. One day you're going to get married and one day you're going to have to do... And I said, yeah, okay. And then, and then I started getting worried. And then I'm walking out of that flat. I'm walking down that, the, the driveway. I'm walking out and, I'm, and I start complaining. Because I'm now getting unsatisfied with the way I am. Or because of that. And I said, Lord, 
I can't just give the whole time my money like this. When must I save? I'm going to get married. I must provide. I must do all this. If I'm just giving all my money away, you know, because helping someone, doing something for this, giving for missions, giving tithes, blessing the pastor, all sakakutas, Lord, when am I going to save up for my? And, the, and immediately the Lord said, my, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. Then I said, okay, fine, I'll, I'll spend it. So I went on like that, never saved for getting married. Then, I, then Marianne and I, then it was time now to get married. And then on top of that, I had that problem where I was uh, full of pr- uh, pride and arrogant and, and I was rebellious and didn't honor other pastors and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, all the people weg van die school af and, and I'm like, Lord, must I get married on 3,500 rand a month? How must I get married on this? I'm just paying everything here. There's no money left over. Then the Lord first told me, no, you've got, you've got pride. You don't honor other leaders. Go and honor them. I gave 500 rand. One week, everything's back. He say, he say, yeah, this is how it must be. Then, then I said, Lord, it's now time. You said, don't worry, just give. It's now time to get married. Now it's time to supply my needs according to your riches in glory. Marianne was earning more than me. I was saving better than her. At the end of the month, you say, how do you get it right to save as much as you are saving? I say, I don't know. It's just happening. Right? All in all, we got blessed with about, uh, about 60,000 rand to get married. To, we moved into a new place, uh, got a, a place, um, which is cheaper than everybody else. Everybody else, I think, was paying four or something, and we were paying two eight. We paid two eight, I think, for two or three years. The whole time while we stayed there, we paid two thousand eight hundred. They never went up, just two eight. Now we move into the other place where we pay five thousand, and we paid five thousand for two years, <laughs> and only went up now recently. We went up, and uh, and then we we did that, and then what happened was. Uh, yeah, then we moved into a place. We got blessed with money. We went on honeymoon. We did everything. Everything was done debt free. When the time came, God provided. Right? There was no storehouse. There was no, there was no bank account putting it away. Am I saying, don't put it away? That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that. Okay, please. Are you all with me? I'm not saying that. David put away for his son to build, plan, a, a good father leaves an inheritance for his children's children. I'm not saying it. I'm telling you, I'm just telling you how you must, how you must, you must always realize God is your source. The minute you start thinking your job is your source, you're in trouble. You've always got to know my father is the one who's taking care of me. He's the source. So if I lose my job, the source is still there. The source is still there. What's the time? Okay. Time is going slow. Okay, the source is still there. God must be your source. 
And that is what you need to know. Okay? And God's... And, and the, the, the issue here is God as a father. Right? God as a father. It's a father's responsibility. I've said this many times. It's the father's responsibility to feed you and to clothe you. When there's a demand, the parents meet the demand. Papa, Mama, this school says, Okay, my This school says, Oh, my school is my clearers. I got cost no You see? The minute the minute there's a hole. That's why God works like that. He you know really you just got to think a little bit about what it is, father son relationship. When I saw that that my child doesn't need to ask me for food, I know I must put food. So I will we will see, my wife and I, or more my wife, she will see, that's the cost we must go and buy. They know that that's the cost. They know that they're hungry, they will eat. They know they're hungry and they want to eat. They don't know even there that there's no food that we need to go buy now. They're not worried about it. They're worried about it. When I saw how my, how my son was playing, uh, flying back from Peter Maritzburg on the airplane and I was thinking about my children and just missing them. And I was thinking, will a spiel? They're always just playing, doing life. And then God said to me, if you know me as your father, you can enjoy life. Because now you're not worrying about the eating and the drinking. You can relax. You can relax. And I said, yeah. Oh. Uh, it, was, it was there that last, that that apostolic conference that I was coming from we were talking sonship and there God started now the journey again with the father thing and uh, so you need to you need to know that God is source yeah see because he wanted to leave the impression that the father always has you see and when you look at that simple so in other words in other words, they, they, if you give them money, they spend it immediately. As kinder sê so nie, gee hom nou 100 rand, jy wil hee, hy moet het hou tot die einde van die maand. Hy kan nie, hy moet hom net spandeer. You must just spend it. I'm not talking about being reckless. Okay, just be careful here. Okay? But, and, and that's where I learned out of that. Oh, I can give my last. Because the father becomes the storehouse. I saw that when there's a lot of money in my bank account, then I'm like, yeah, I can cook, I can. Yeah, man, fat net, yeah. Man, there's no money. Then I'm like, don't, don't buy it. Don't. You see, the same way I see my bank account is the same way I must see my father. I must go, hey, let's buy it. But I do it with the mentality, you're my father. Don't do it with, ah, oh, that guy's got a Levi G. I also want a Levi G. You spend your last, you can hunger lay. Yeah, God's not going to come through for you because you didn't do it with 
father, you did it with upon your lust, you were looking at somebody else's. Right? Everybody's got laptops, now you must buy yourself a laptop. Everybody's got iPads, now you must put yourself in a hole to buy a laptop, buy an iPad. Okay? You know, right? You must go buy yourself an Apple, iPad, and all those type of things. Why? Put yourself in a hole. That's not father. That's covetousness. That's sorting out your desires. There you are not. God's not going to come through for you there. Then you cry, God, why aren't you taking care of me? How can you cry, God, why aren't you taking care of me? You didn't do it because the God was your father. You did it because you had an issue, a problem with yourself, insecurity or something like that. You're spending all the stuff on the wrong stuff. Do you understand? There, God will not take care of you. There, there you will feel the blow of what you did. But when you do it, God, you're my father. I've seen it. It works. Man, it works. I'm telling you. I've seen it. When you do it with the mentality, God, you're my father. Boom. Boom. Geolaster. Next day, two days later, boom. Just like that. It's now, it's like, it's almost like automatic. Do you understand what I'm saying? And right now, I've obviously, I've, I've, I've become comfortable with where I am. And in the beginning, it was tough. In the beginning, I struggled with it. I had to learn. I, I mean, I, I had that worry. The breath was like, Yerva, who, how? Lord, I don't understand. Speak to me. But when I broke through, now I'm comfortable. Now, now we're going to go for more. And now, we've got to stick to one mind. One mind. Do you all understand what I'm saying? Let's read quickly next verse. If then, next one. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after and your father knows that you have need of these things. He's not stupid about your needs. He is not unaware of your needs. He knows exactly what you need. He has not forgotten. Right? All you need, you need to do is you need to stick to the mind. He knows. Don't let the situation tell you what you must believe. Let the word tell you what you must believe. Do you understand that? All the nations of the world seek after eating, drinking, clothing. But you, no, do not seek. In Matthew chapter 6, this is Luke 12. In Matthew chapter 6, the same story here. And in prayer. You see, you use your whole, you pray the whole half an hour seeking, eating and drinking clothing. Then after that, you don't even know what you should pray anymore. Make all your wants known unto God with prayers and thanksgiving. Praise God. Lord, thank you that you will do it. And you leave it there. Come tomorrow, half an hour, your prayer is dominated by eating, drinking and clothing. What about the will of God? What about the kingdom? What about what God wants from you? Are you going to spend, are you going to waste 
your whole life on eating and drinking and clothing? Or are you going to make your life count for the kingdom? Are you going to make it count for the will of God? For what God wants? The whole nations are seeking. Are you also seeking it? Is covetousness driving you? Or have you left that over to the Father? Alright? Your Father knows that you have need of all these things. 31. But rather prioritize you, the kingdom of God. Seek, prioritize. Do you know, it's because we don't have our priorities right. That's why we sit with problems. I mean, this thing can even go down into marriage. If your priorities are not right. I mean, in pri how many people will run after gaining a lot of money just to sacrifice the family? The priority is not right. So priority is important because God's saying this, if the priority is right, the order is right, then it works properly. But when you switch it around, it brings problems. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. First, priority. Prioritize. Priority means that which should be done first. That which should be seeked first. Your prayers should be dominated with what is your will? What do you want me to do? That is what your prayer should be dominated with when you pray. God, how can I advance your kingdom? And I'm not necessarily talking about church now. I'm talking about what God wants from you. Okay? These things we can never force. I'm not forcing you to live like this. I can't force you to live like this. I'm only sharing with you. It's what do you want? You, you can't force this on your friend, your father, your mother, or whoever. You can't force this way of living upon someone else. It is someone else's free choice. Just like God gives you the free choice. Amen? Do not waste your life just living for your covetous desires. Make your life count. Make your life mean something. Why, why do you... I say, my opinion, I'll end off with this. My opinion is that people who are in persecuted countries are more free than we are. People always tell me, pray for the people in persecuted countries. I say, pray for us. Because we're in such a trap, we can't even serve God. They can at least serve God. But we can't. Why? You know, we need, because Jesus said, all the world is seeking after these things. That tells you that at least 90 to 95% of the church is in a trap. And we need, to, we need to be free from it. We need to know who's our source. We need to know who's our source.
That's why we need to, we, if, we, if we can't serve the will of God, it's a problem. Okay? You understand it? Don't waste your life on eating and drinking. Don't spend all your energy just for the soul. Because you're tired with toasted cheese. Right? Tired of toasted ham and cheese. Now you want soul. Now you go work more just for the soul. No. Labor for the kingdom. Labor for God's will. You won't be sorry. You won't be sorry. You might have a few uh, thorns in your head. But don't worry. The crown is coming afterwards. Right? You'll be liberated. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I just thank you. Father, you're dealing with our hearts. You don't want us to be in a trap. You want us to serve you with all of our hearts. You say in your word, we cannot serve God and mammon. Father, I know this is a tough message. I know this is difficult. But Father, I know with God, nothing is impossible. You can make it possible for us.